lot of times young people want to have it all today. You can't. Sometimes people are waiting for the inheritance. But you know what? Whatever you have today, you will have at the end if you're faithful to what God's given to you. If you're faithful. If not, God can take it all away from you. That's what the scripture says. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Thanks for joining us today as Roll continues our focus on making God-honoring, eternally-minded decisions with our money. The holiday season is financially complex and may be putting a strain on your bank account, but today you'll be reassured that when you steward your resources in obedience to the Lord's leading, He will faithfully provide for all of your needs. In Luke chapter 16, here's Raul Reese. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16 of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16. And I want to speak to you this morning on a subject that totally has been abused by so many people, especially those that uh, speak about evangelism. The topic this morning will be, how do you handle your money? How do you handle your money? Now, if you're visiting today, you can relax because we're not going to ask you for your money. Okay? We don't do that here at Calvary Chapel. We teach the Word of God. We inform, we teach, and then allow the Holy Spirit to do the work that He wants to do in the life of the people. This is a parable that Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Jesus has been invited to a supper in chapter 14 of the Gospel of Luke. And in chapter 14 and 15 and 16, he's dealing with the spiritual leaders of Israel. And of course, he's been dealing with them because they have a plot to kill Jesus and they're a bunch of hypocrites. And Jesus wants to teach concerning stewardship in the kingdom of God. And so here in this parable, he deals with the unjust steward. And I wonder, how many of you are using your money wisely for the kingdom of God? Did you know that there are a lot of people that are very good with their money? But at the same time, there are others that are really bad with money. Listen to the parable, beginning with chapter 16, verse 1 through 14. He says, he also said to his disciples, so now he's in the house of the Pharisees, but he's going to speak to his disciples. He said unto his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. Now, he gives them a story about a rich man that had a lot of money. And it happens that this rich man hired a steward or a house manager to take care of his finances in what? In investing his finances. But he heard by someone that this guy was actually abusing them and stealing them. 
And so when he heard that in verse 2, he called him in and he said unto him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an account of your stewardship, for you no longer can be a steward. Immediately he stopped him. I want you to let me know where is my money. And what have you done with my money? Have you truly invested what I have given unto you? Or if you have abused it, I want you to confess it. And I want you to make things right. Then the steward, verse 3, said within himself, Hey, what shall I do now? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. He was full of pride. He's getting fired. He's losing everything. What am I going to do now for my future? And one of the things that God desires is that a type of the rich man here is a type of God, the way he not only gives us things that we need to be stewards of. If he gives me one talent, he wants me to invest and not hide it. So when he comes back, I can give to him five more talents. You see? And if I give him that talent that I hid and give him back what he gave to me, remember what happened to that steward? He was actually thrown out of the kingdom of God because he was unfaithful to what God had given to him. We need to be careful how we handle finances. Especially when it comes to God's finances in the kingdom of God. Then he said in verse 3, he said, I can't dig, I'm ashamed to beg. And I have resolved what to do. So he started thinking, what should I do? And an idea came to him. I have resolved what to do. What I am to put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into the house. So all those people that I invested with, my manager's money, I'm going to go back to them and I'm going to ask them how much money they've made. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, how much do you owe my manager? And they're going to say, well, I owe him a hundred million dollars. Well, just give me 50. Look what he says. Verse 5. And so he called every one of his master's debtors to him. And he said unto the first one, hey, how much do you owe my master? And he said, I owe him 863 gallons of oil. And so he said unto him, well, take your bill, sit down quickly and write me 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, 1,803 measures of wheat, or actually bushels. And he said unto him, go ahead, take your bill, and just write to me 80. And so the master commended the unjust steward, because he had dealt shrewdly. For the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. The manager was so blown away by this guy's dishonesty, but the wisdom that he had in setting himself up so that when he would get fired, he would not be on the street by using, again, the manager's money, which was not his. You see? He forgot it was not his money. Look what else he says in verse 9. And I say unto you, Make friends for yourselves by the unrighteous mammon, 
that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. What does he mean by that? He says, if you're going to have money and you're going to be a steward of God's money, make sure you use God's money well in investing it. Make sure you use it wisely. Why? Because you're going to give an account one day. We forget. One day you will give an answer to God. Verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust what is least is unjust also in much. Hey, so what is God is saying here? If you're faithful in the small things, I'll make you greater in the bigger things. Otherwise, I can't trust you. Look what else he says as he goes into the parable. Verse 11. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous money... Who will commit to your trust the true riches if God has given you the opportunity, but you have been like this laborer that has been cheating and robbing God, then how can God give you true riches? He can't trust you. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you then your own? Notice what he says there. If you're not faithful as an employee to your employer or employer to the employees, how can God give you more of your own? He can't. It's an impossibility. You're cheating yourself and you're cheating God. Then he says this, No man can serve two masters. He'll hate the one, will love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot. And now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard all these things and they were mad. He spoke the parable against them. They were the unwise steward. In everything God had given to them, they had been unwise in what they were doing and using in the kingdom. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Call us at 800-634-9165 or visit us online at somebodylovesyou.com for Bible-based resources to help strengthen your faith and guide your steps in God's perfect will. Our free app also features an array of uplifting connections to the Word of God. Now back to the final part of our study today, How Do You Handle Money? Now did you know that one day we're going to die, one day anyone here, young or old, doesn't really matter. That one day we're going to stand in the presence of God and we are going to have to give an account to God of our stewardship. I will be accountable for my wife and my children. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, Solomon said this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Then again, Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15, he said, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will be made clear, for the day of judgment will declare it, because it will be revealed by the fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is or what value. If anyone's work which he has built endures, 
he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer the loss, but he himself will be saved yet as through the fire. How much has God entrusted to you today? Are you spending your money wisely today? Are you investing your money into the kingdom of God? It's not mine. And yet when Jesus was walking through Jerusalem, he saw a little old lady standing there. And he saw the Pharisees on the side and they had these trumpet lights, about 12 trumpets on the wall by the temple where they would put their offerings. And he saw the Pharisees coming up and they were digging in their pockets and they were pulling their money out so that everybody could see them and they would drop them in these trumpets. And then all of a sudden, Jesus standing to the side watching the Pharisees. And all of a sudden, he says, he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the treasury. And then he saw a certain poor little widow putting in two pennies in. And then he said, truly I say unto you, this poor widow has put in more than all. For all these out of their abundance have put up an offering before God. For she out of her poverty put in all her livelihood that she had. She gave it all. Two pennies. But that's all she had. And she gave it to the Lord. You see, the size of your gift doesn't matter to God. It's what's in your heart. It's so important that we understand that what we're doing is we're putting into the kingdom of God. In the book of Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. When the people of God were robbing God of offering and tithes. This is what God said to them. Will a man rob God? Yes, you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithing and in offerings. In the tenth and also in sacrificial giving. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Now here's the challenge. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. This is the only place where God challenges to give. And saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you such blessings, that there will be no room enough for you to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that they will not destroy the fruit of your ground. God challenges us to give to him. You cannot ever, ever outgive God in your giving. Even Jesus himself in Acts 20, 35 said this. It is more blessed to give than to receive. How much are you giving to God today? How much are you giving to God Are you aware of eternity and the eternal rewards that are coming for our giving to God? Many people forget that God is the only one that can give us everything we possess. Everything we possess. And one day, we will be responsible to stand before God and give an account to God of our lives and stewardship or our house management. And yet so many people waste what God gives to them. They're stingy. They're covetous. And they're deceitful. Just like this young man. And they think that they're going to get away with that. But God says. Whatever a man soweth. That shall he reap. Even Paul the apostle says. In 2 Corinthians 9. 5 through 7. He says, therefore, speaking to the Corinthians, I thought necessary to exhort the Christians to go to you ahead of time 
And to prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not a grudging obligation. Paul had taken offering for the poor in Jerusalem because they were very poor. He says, but when you give your offering, don't say, oh man, I got to give again. Don't give it. God doesn't need it. Keep it. And then he said this, but this I say, he who sows sparingly also will reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purpose in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, but like that woman. For God loves a hilarious giver. A hilarious giver, that should be our attitudes. Not how much, but Lord, it's all yours. God never, never wants us to give grudgingly or of necessity, but of cheerfulness. Hilariously is the word in the Greek here. When you and I read the sermons and the parables of our Lord, He constantly, constantly speaks about giving. Giving, why? Because giving is an act of worship. People might have misrepresented God. It's an act of worship. It's not something to be ridiculed or mocked. Don't you remember what happened in Jerusalem when the church was actually bankrupt and they were poor? The people came together, whatever they had, they put it together and they gave it to the church. And we're not asking for that. But the thing about it is they got together, they united, and they began with a spirit of giving to the Lord. And God blessed that. God blesses every time the people of God come together and they do it as unto the Lord. Why? Because God wants to bless. Don't you remember Job? Job was a millionaire. He had daughters and sons and sheep and camels and had all these things. And one day God tested his heart and took everything away from him. And what did Job do? It says in Job 1, 20, 21, he says, Then Job rose up as his daughters, his sons were killed. His donkeys and camels were stolen. His houses were burned down. He rose up. He shaved his head. He fell to the ground. And he worshiped God. And then he said, Naked, I came from my mother's womb. Naked shall I return there. And the Lord took away, and the Lord has blessed me. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jehovah God. And in all this, Job never sinned against God and never charged God wrong. That's a true servant of God. When things get tough, and God begins to take away things from you to test your heart, are you going to stick with God? The problem is not money. The problem is the greed for money. In 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul said, For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Money is not evil. Notice what he said. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith of Jesus Christ in greediness and pierced themselves through many sorrows. You notice that if God is not putting money down, he's putting down the love and the lust for money and not using your money wisely. People lose their souls for money. The greed, people that have won the lottery, some of these people have not only committed suicide, but also have lost everything. Why? Because they couldn't handle all the money that they had won. They were not good stewards. You see? And I think it's really important that we understand that the only thing that is going to last is what you do for Christ. Period. 
That's why Jesus himself in Matthew 16, 26 said, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Hey, what is your price? What is your price for your soul? If you really want to be honest with God like the children of Israel in the book of Deuteronomy, God says, look, you guys, when I send you to the promised land, don't forget where you came from. In the wilderness, you had nothing, but I supplied all your needs. And now that you have houses, now that you have herds, now that you have sheep, now you have money, now you have everything, what happens? You forgot the Lord your God who brought you out of the wilderness. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by keeping His commandments, His judgment, His statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built your beautiful houses to dwell in, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all is multiplied, and when your heart is lifted up in pride, and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, don't forget whose God is. Don't forget where you came from. It's God. God is the one that blesses us, young and old. A lot of times young people want to have it all today. You can't. Sometimes people are waiting for the inheritance. But you know what? Whatever you have today, you will have at the end if you're faithful to what God's given to you. If you're faithful. God will bless you. If not, God can take it all away from you. That's what the scripture says. That's why in 1 Corinthians 3.11 it says, For no other foundation can anyone build than that which is built, which is Jesus Christ. So we need to understand that this foundation that we're building, and that one day we will stand at the Bema seat of Christ in the front of Christ, and we will give an answer. In 2 Corinthians 5.10 he said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may give, not only receive according to the things done in the body, but according to what he has done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. And then in 1 Peter 4.17 he says, For the time has come, for judgment will begin in the house of God, and if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ? We hope that you've been encouraged to trust the Lord with your needs and joyfully invest in His kingdom, even in this financially complicated holiday season. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. Today's program, How Do You Handle Money?, is available in its complete form by calling 800-634-9165 and just send a gift of $5 or more. Now, as you reflect on the faith of the widow who confidently gave her last coin to God, we'd also like to offer you an MP3 thumb drive of this five-message series from Rawl. You'll learn more about what it looks like to steward your resources so you can have a positive, eternal impact on others. If you feel you need to reset your spending habits and priorities, don't hesitate to purchase this insightful study. Visit us at somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 to place your order. We'll send your five-lesson giving series flash drive for a gift of ten ninety-five or more. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. You can also order this resource by writing us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, 
Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We also encourage you to utilize our many free resources. If you have Bible questions or prayer needs you'd like Rawl to personally address, you can email him at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. You'll also want to join Rawl for Straight Talk on his YouTube channel, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. This program provides more biblical direction for navigating life in alignment with God's Word. And be sure to look for us on iTunes and Spotify. All of these programs are available as podcasts. Somebody Loves Your Radio with Rawl Reese is fully listener-supported. Thank you for partnering with us. Your donations are a blessing, and every gift is tax-deductible. We hope you'll join us again next time. Together, we'll explore more life-shaping truth from the Word of God. Now, here's Rawl once again with a final thought from today's lesson. And in conclusion, remember Ananias and Sapphira? What happened to them? Husband and wife sold their possessions, got a lot of money, they got together and said, you know what? We can't give all this to the Lord, so why don't we do this? Why don't we lie? Keep part of this and give part of this. And they came to Peter. Remember, Ananias came. And Peter said, hey, why have you lied to the Holy Spirit, which is God? And what happened to him? He dropped dead. And then three hours later, his wife came in and said, hey, did you sell so much and so much? And he, said, he says, oh, yes, I gave it all to the Lord. He said, why have you lied also and stuck with your husband? The same people that carry your husband out here three hours ago dead, they're going to carry you out and they're going to bury you with him. And God judged them because they were hypocrites. Hypocrites. Because they were saying, oh, I'm giving all to the Lord. But in fact, they were stealing from the Lord. And I wonder how many of you are thieves unto the Lord. When God has given you little or much, you have to be honest with God. We have to give not because we have to, but because we are commanded to give willingly and hilariously to the Lord. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.